0: Hello, it's Shelley F. Knight, bringing you positive changes, a self kick podcast. So, today on the show, we are joined by John Kenny, and he's the relationship guy founder of Interpersonal Relationship Coaching, author, speaker and documentary maker. So hello there, John.
1: Hello, how are you doing,
0: Shelley? I'm good. Now, just in case anyone thinks they're going mad and they're thinking, I'm sure she's interviewed him before. (laughs) (laughs) I have. (laughs) So we spoke, didn't we, back in episode 33, when you just became the relationship guy, and we're speaking about the fascinating world where there's different types of relationships. So there was the avoidant, the anxious, anxious avoidant and secure. And I found it fascinating. I mean, Mm. I'm happily married, but I just thought I could really relate to relationships in the past. And I think it was really helpful for many people of why relationships don't work out, because Mm. it's sort of you get great reassurance that, you know, in that time they was with someone, they were truly loved. It's Mm -hmm. just the nature of that relationship type. So I absolutely loved it we've been busy between us haven't we because that episode has gone on to win an award which i was so proud of and yeah, as we come awesome. to the I oh, know well thank you thank you for making it possible so we're coming to the end of the first year of positive change in self-kick podcast we thought it'd bring you back but beyond that you've come back because you created another change <laughs> pretty,
1: pretty pretty big one too
0: yeah yeah I haven't really got the word so John
1: <laughs>
0: what's your new story of positive yeah. change <laughs>
1: so let me just start by giving a little bit of background to it um as as i, I probably said in my, in the first time we we talked that um i wrote a book a couple of years ago um, about three years ago now and it came out two years ago uh, last week i think it was and um it was during the exploration of myself writing the book what I, what I wrote the book about was kind of my life story and how i'd learned to develop my sense of self my sense of beliefs around relationships around myself and everything else. And really kind of sort of struck on the chord of relational patterns and recognised that my relational pattern, um, I'd always uh, dated um, anxious people. Um, so with their attachment style. So when when we grow up, we develop a certain sense of attachment as far as relationships are concerned. And that will do really that's based on how we perceive the relationships around us. Um, so if we grow up with a secure attachment then generally we're pretty rounded as well as as far as relationships are concerned we don't have really any many issues around them Um, if we're an anxious type person then what generally has happened in the in when we grow up is that the uh, we've that we've dealt with the loss of what we perceive to be loss as as kids in an anxious way so we might scream shout cry um, become very anxious based stressed Um, craving chasing all that kind of stuff Uh, an avoidant person will um, back away from pain so they'll hide within themselves and that was my type of how I managed uh, pain when I was a kid and all the way through my relationships uh, up until uh, up until this point um, have been based in avoiding pain so I shut down if I feel like I'm getting too close to somebody Um, And I don't really know how to manage that level of deep connection. So something inside an avoidant will shut that down. Um, And then we have someone who's anxious and avoidant and they're generally um, quite messed up. They can sort of exhibit quite a lot, kind of maybe narcissistic tendencies and stuff as well, because they're full on and then full off and then they don't know what to do with themselves and and all sorts of manners of problems that can occur. So when I was writing my book, I realised how avoidant I really was. And spent my whole life dating anxious people, which I put down to being my dad. So, my dad was very volatile, very anxious type uh, connection with people. Uh, and if things aren't quite in his security space, he, he can have a tendency to kind of lose control of his emotions. Whereas my mum is an avoidant, so she shuts down um, and doesn't really know how to handle kind of deep connection, emotional situations. So when I met my wife, um, I actually realized that I would spent my whole life dating my dad and married my wife, uh, married my mum, sorry. Um, So uh, we were both avoidant. So if any problems came up in the relationship, whereas I've done a lot of personal development and I was trying to address the issues because of her avoidant style, she wasn't able to engage in the process as much as. Uh, we needed to in order for our relationship to be healthy so eventually my avoidant style also kicked in uh, because i couldn't see any resolution to any issues and then we just gradually grew apart so we ended up separating um just before uh the new year um a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago um, so that was my positive change <laughs> uh, because i realized that i wasn't happy she wasn't happy we were never really going to be happy because there was too many issues to kind of overcome and no matter how much I tried to address those with her, she was never really going to engage over a long period of time to be able to bring the relationship back together. So we made a decision that it was probably best if we separated instead.
0: I don't know if it's the right to say, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Is it like, congratulations on your separation that's not what i'm going for john but i think this ain't really powerful if you're the relationship guy and you're encouraging people in their relationships and you've recognized in yourself that you're still a work in progress and you've ended a relationship and i just think that's kind of brilliant because we make positive changes and whether that positive change was at one point you know to get married Mm -hmm. but life's always changing and we're changing as people And as you say like you know you keep avoiding it but fact of the matter is it no longer serves you isn't for you yeah. and it's kind of courageous
1: yeah I think I think it's about you know recognizing what you want in life and I think that's again there's a lot of work that I've done around my clients it's about actually what do you want from a relationship and I felt quite incongruent the fact that my relationship wasn't as healthy as it could have been and I was helping people to work on finding sort of successful and healthy relationships um, and I thought well actually if if this is the work that I'm doing, I really need to live that as well. And although I wasn't unhappy in the marriage, there was a lot missing. And it it kind of again, like I said, when I wrote the book, it made me realise that um, I was following something which still kept me and I think we talked about in the in the first time we spoke about my safe space. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I spent a lot of time on my own. And that, that kind of that's where the avoidance sort of came in rather than Um, chasing love and affection I removed myself from the need for it even though I was craving it and really wanted it Um, and again it's a basic need in humans to to be connected my safe space which avoided pain was to go and be by myself and I think again subconsciously because I'd met my wife seven years ago before I'd done a, a lot of the work around relational beliefs and relational patterns um, and I, so I hadn't really specialised in relationships at that point. It was only sort of 2016 that I went into specialising in the relationships field and really kind of dove into the, all the background and how all of this works. Um, so I was also a work in progress as I was doing all that research and, and working with people in a completely different way as a coach. And realized actually that I was still living in my old avoidance space, which was to feel safe by myself. So I'd chosen my wife recognizing subconsciously that I never, never needed to deeply connect with her. Um, Because it was never going to be possible because of us both being avoidant personality styles, but her being a lot less down the progressive line or the self-development line than I was. Um, I knew that she was never going to actually be the person that I wanted her to be in order to feel that deep connection with somebody. And um, that's why subconsciously I chose to be with her. I thought at the start that she was different because, because there was no volatile. I couldn't pick up subconsciously on that anxiousness. So for me, when we met, I'd already done a lot of changes. And when I met her, I thought, well, this is different is it right for me and i thought at the time yes it is right i can't feel this um draw and to her that i would have done before and i was very aware of the fact that i'd always been drawn to anxious type people uh, and the volatility but actually i didn't realize that i was being gone too far the other way and i'd actually chose someone who was avoidant to avoid the anxiousness uh, so therefore and stepped onto into another space, which still kept me safe, which still kept me at a level of connection that my subconscious was comfortable with, but actually in a completely different way.
0: I love that. I was listening to it all. And there was just so many questions coming up for me because you said that you've been doing the personal growth tools that you've been doing your personal development over these like seven years, and it reminds me of my friend, who's my life coach as well, Louise, and she talks about the lobster. And so lobsters like continually grow and they outgrow their shell and their shell cracks away and they're left quite vulnerable. They sort of hide Mm. away a bit while they sort of you know, find their shell and carry on. Mm. And it is like that. We grow, we outgrow, feel a bit vulnerable, then we move on. And I love that. But what stuck out for me, which is probably for my (laughs) mum, because she believes in this. You said about seven years ago, you know, when you met her seven years ago. Do you believe in like the seven year itch or the seven year cycle is that a thing in relationships and life
1: it's um it is kind of a thing yes so when we first meet someone our brain switches into uh procreate mode and um, so it releases so that the feeling of being in love is is a chemical thing so when we f- initially meet someone and we get that trigger and everything starts to feel lovely and you know exciting and and we're really drawn to somebody that's your brain saying you need to mate with this person here's some hormones Um, go 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 have babies type of thing Um, and then after that finishes then you you then hopefully have developed a deeper sense of love for somebody and care for somebody and connection with somebody that it moves on to the next stage Um, and that can last up to seven years but it's generally around about three years or so that that might kind of exist in your, in your brain chemistry. And therefore, after, a, after that then starts to die off, it depends whether there's enough connection and enough for you to work with after that's done. And seven years is generally a good time for you to realise that actually this works or it doesn't work because the chemicals have already switched off and then you, your brain sort of says, is there enough here for me to want to be with this person now? Um, so that's kind of how it works
0: I love that my husband will love it even more because we've been together 14 years so he's all right now till 21 mark isn't he (laughs) (laughs) you can have a little breather (laughs) (laughs) what I loved Ben you're speaking about the marriage because I think a lot of people will be like yeah love what you said John you said I wasn't unhappy in my marriage there was just stuff missing
1: yeah
0: what does that feel like
1: um, it's there's a there's a there's an emptiness of it it it's um there's that never quite being fulfilled with the space that you're in with that person um although there was there was love there you know and and uh, you know we were very close at one stage um there was always something that i couldn't quite put my finger on that meant that we weren't as connected as I'd like us to be. And that eventually became quite stressful, uh, without me actually realising how stressful it was becoming. And um, it was just this sometimes there was like an emptiness in me, which I thought, actually, I want more than this, I want to feel more than this. Um, And that's when I realised actually that things weren't right and i did address it in the relationship obviously as a as a relationship coach i would suggest <laughs> do before they decide to split up and see if they can have those types of conversations which bring um more connection to the relationship uh but it was never the changes were never sustained so there was never a, you know it was it was kind of uh not disappointing guess in my mind it was disappointing my my brain was going oh no we go here we go again it's not it's not what you want and to keep going round and round in those types of circles um, was quite stressful at times even though i hadn't realized and i did get a little bit i wouldn't say depressed but i used to get low days and they might last for two or three days sometimes Um, and some i couldn't really put my finger on what it was and then obviously the work i was doing on myself Clients, right? You know, because like I said write my book, it became very clear that I realised what was missing. Yeah, but was never able to kind of get that in the relationship I was with. Uh, in so.
0: so you talk about connection. I love that word. I really do. It's something that always came across at the end of life. People always say, "What's really important in life is connection," and whether it is connection to yourself, a loved one, universe, you know, whatever you believe in. So, if you're in a relationship as a coach, you're saying that you tell people before they do that leap of faith either into the marriage or out to focus on connection how can people find that what is connection in a relationship
1: so i think it's different for pe- everyone else uh, but i mean we could sort of touch on the sort of love languages here it's about feeling loved and it's about being able to give love unconditionally so when you're with somebody you feel that closeness, that attachment to them, which again, a healthy attachment, secure, safe uh, and really cared about that they can make you their priority when necessary. And you can do the opposite and you both do that freely. So it's not like a compromise. It's not like I have to. It's actually if this makes you happy, I can suspend what my needs are for this time and be happy that you're happy. Um, and I've said this before to people, it's not about people pleasing, that's a completely different thing. And that's very unhealthy. So I don't mean to people, please. But I mean, again, a reciprocation of affection, that you feel happy that the other person is happy, rather than I'm just doing this because they want to, I'm just doing this because they need it. It's actually, I want you to be happy and that makes me happy, making you happy. So therefore I'm, I'm willing to do that. And that deeper level of connection, I think, comes from that ability to put your stuff to one side and say, I can be there for you. Um, and again, like that's reciprocated. And, I, and one of the things that kind of really registered with my wife was I was having a bad day and she, she came downstairs and she said something or another. and I said, I'm just having a day today. And she went, oh, so am I, I'm having a day. This has happened, this has happened, this has happened. And I thought, this is not about you at this precise moment. This is about me. Um, and that was just an, like an indicative kind of thing that she would do, avoidant type personality, which says, oh, I don't know how to be there in your bad space here. Um, my stuff's worse. Whereas being able to again, again, I don't even know if she was having a bad day. I, I, <laughs> it's just a Defense to say, I don't know how to be there for you. So um, I'm going to make my excuses and leave. Um, rather than saying, oh, what's up? How are you feeling? Can I help? Um, which again is what I would do, even though I'm an avoidant person, because I've worked on that side of myself, recognizing that I needed I wanted actually to connect to someone on a deeper level. Uh, and being a therapist in the past and being a coach now I'm generally able to put my stuff to one side anyway and say what do you need but it was at those types those types of points when I thought actually I don't feel I don't feel safe emotionally with you because I don't feel like you can be there for me Uh, and it's not like I had these very often it was just in those times when I really needed someone just to put their arms around me and tell me it was all going to be okay Uh, she was kind of oh no i can't do that i don't do that this is not this is not how i function so um she made it about her instead and again you just sort of then feel quite disheartened and and think actually this past person is never going to be the person i really need them to be in order to make me feel okay
0: i think there's gonna be so many people listening to that and nodding because even i was thinking like my husband's done that in the past i'd get really bad insomnia and i come down and say oh i'm really tired and he says sort of like yeah so am i but serious, I know you're an insomniac, what can I do to help? And it, so he does that, he's there, you know, yeah. sickness and in health and things like that. But I think so many people, I should imagine millions of people are thinking, oh my God, that's happening in my relationship. Or mm. you say like, I had a really bad day at work today. Yeah, so did I, you know, all the kids were driving me mad today, so what? Yeah. And I think people are just doing that all the time.
1: They are. They are. And um, again, it's about eighty. I think statistically, about eighty-nine percent to ninety-four percent of the population just go around and round and round in circles, doing the same things over and over again. Because, firstly, they're unaware of the cycle that they're in, and secondly, don't really know what to do about it, and thirdly, don't do anything about it when they know anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes change normal the familiar is more is easier than change so we stay in the same space
0: yeah I mean obviously I'm really positive about change I always think come on you've got this don't stay where you are especially if you're unhappy like you're saying there was that emptiness and not feeling fulfilled and to me Mm. I'd be like let's dive into that but people almost feel secure I don't ask the right word because obviously we're talking about security and emotions but they feel more secure maybe staying in a half-hearted relationship then leaping into the unknown being on your own who am I you know without being someone other yeah I don't like the term other half but you know who am I on my own and people don't do it because life's too short I want a child we've got children you know we've been together four years and you're thinking it doesn't make it right which is why I was so passionate when you said I'm the relationship guy and I've just ended my relationship I just thought you need to come and tell people that it's okay. I'm not trying to end marriages, by the way. <laughs> That's not why like, I'm not on a mission. No. Um, But I am kind of on a mission.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's okay to make make difficult choices in order to get what you want.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, I like to use the word safe rather than secure because if I felt secure, I'd have been okay. I didn't feel secure, but my safe space, I think people's safe space, is what your brain says, I'm trying to keep you safe here. Um, and stay the same because the familiar feels more comfortable. So it's a comfortable space rather than a, than a secure space. Um, and it, but it, if you, you, you don't feel secure. And that's why the, these kind of problems will keep arising all of the time because the insecurity that you feel will always surface at some stage. Um, and then what we have a tendency to do is never resolute what that might be so we never resolve what the problem is and we just go around in the circles of repeating the same types of issues over and over again until most of the time it takes you to get to a specific pain point where you think I just really can't do this anymore but I think with my case because of the work I've done it was I don't want to do this anymore I could have continued quite easily I could have just plodded along Um, but in my mind it was I made a, a conscious decision actually I don't want this. I want something else. I want something more. I want something that's going to make me feel better. Um, And so uh, that's a choice that we need to kind of come to.
0: And I think that's really powerful that you could have stayed. And the people that are listening, you know, sort of like, I don't know, the guys that are out there working, overworking, coming home into a relationship that doesn't fulfill them, you know, the stay at home mums, all those kind of people, you know, they could stay there because of you know, got the mortgage or they've planned the wedding or they've got the kids together or it's what their parents expect, they could stay there Mm. or they could make a choice to, you know, see what else is out there. Yeah,
1: yeah. Make that positive choice. Yeah, Yeah, but we do
0: stay stuck, don't we? I think it gets more complicated. I think the older we get, I don't know, maybe when the older you get, you think, well, I've been for so long and I want kids and my biological clock's ticking, you know, or maybe you get like me older and more feisty, and you think, "Well, I'm not tolerating it." <laughs> but, but I think most people just think, you know, especially from a fertility point of view, you know, that, "Oh, well, I'm with them. What if I leave?" Yeah,
1: there's lots of things to kind of overcome biologically, as well as there is psychologically and emotionally. Uh, like you said, you know, your your hormones are massively powerful, and if they're telling you one thing but actually it might not be the right thing for you. It's, it is kind of difficult to overcome what your body's telling you. And um, it could be a massive kind of compulsion to just continue down a road because your body's telling you one thing, but actually your mind is telling you something completely different. And it's uh, it's um, a difficult choice then and distinction to to make in order to decide what's the best thing for you to do Um, I've got a client at the moment and she had a childhood where she had sort of seven siblings and really never got any time, love or affection. And um, she married a guy and had kids just because she wanted unconditional love. So as soon as the kids came along, the husband was pretty much non-existent (laughs) um, because she didn't want him as a relationship she just wanted him to provide her with children so that she could have this unconditional love from her kids and she's put all of her time into her children and now um the kids are 18 and 20 or something and they don't need her anymore so the unconditionality has disappeared and she's lost completely lost and doesn't really know what to do with herself because everything she's ever wanted is now being taken away from again like it was when she was a kid so she's in this really messed up space not knowing what to do with herself because her purpose, her underlying need to feel loved and to give love unconditionally has now been taken away from her as it was when she was a child. Um, but it was her need to feel unconditional love that drove her to have children. Uh the marriage lasted a couple of years because you know she had the two kids and that was it. <laughs> Tell her, mate. <laughs> um, yep
0: happen all the time because you're saying like almost that your relationship type comes from your childhood whether you're avoidant anxious or secured it depends a lot on your childhood so surely loads of people out there loads of women out there have had children based on that I don't know craving that desire yeah to give life they didn't have or something like that so there's going to be loads of people I would say waking up to the fact that they're you know, adult relationship doesn't work because they didn't go in for the adult relationship they went in for that unconditional love that was lacking yeah yeah definitely
1: and there's a there's a quite a few people I've worked with over the sort of 15 years or so I've been doing this um, that have come and spoke to me and said I, I don't know what to do with myself because my kids my kids uh, don't need me anymore or I don't feel like my kids need me anymore because that obviously isn't true. They the kids, but it's a different now. There's a difference there that they're not quite able to come to terms with that they don't need me as much. I don't feel purposeful. I don't feel like the role that I've created for myself is is necessary anymore. But it's generally been based on the fact they've given everything to these children, and uh, because of their need to be loved and to give love, and it's only it can only last for so long.
0: So when. There's not an adult relationship, and there's not the dependency of of like the mother and child relationship. Does it just come back to working on yourself and doing that self-love?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's important that we. It's difficult to know at the start why we're doing these types of things because we're oblivious to our choices generally. Um, But I, you know, it's important that you have that good relationship with yourself before you even contemplate having children I would suggest because again otherwise you'll end up with generally kids that will grow up with similar or same issues or whatever issues because you haven't resolved yours Um, there are some people that don't do that there are some people that have had a lot of issues as ever growing up and they just said I'm just not going to do that with my kids and they show them the complete opposite but again bringing my client in case in point she's made a rod for her own back now because her kids she's done too much for them they're overly reliant on her and she doesn't have a life because of what she's done for them previously and now she's completely lost that they are now not so much during covid because <laughs> there's nowhere for them to go but um you know they have other lives and she's really lost without them in that space that she wanted them to stay in or needed them to stay in
0: it really interesting. So, I'm just thinking like when you are a mum, so we've got four children, and you don't really get that quiet time, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you're going out to work or stay at home, mum, or running a business and being a mum, whatever you're doing, it's really hard, or it seems hard on mm-hmm. some days, to just find quiet, to be with yourself, mm-hmm. have a cup of tea, do a meditation, you know, plan for the day ahead. So, to actually sit and think, Am I happy? Does this serve me? what kind of parent am I and all those other issues of love yeah we just don't create the time do we no
1: no because again most of the time like I said you know 89 to 94 percent of people don't even know they're doing it anyway so they just go around and around and around and then it's only when they reach a specific point that they go actually what's going on here I don't feel very happy I don't feel very fulfilled I don't feel very comfortable in this space something's not right um how do I what
0: is it? <laughs> no, I'll change it. So COVID's kind of made everyone stop. I mean, I know like my husband was out of work for most of uh, twenty twenty. I have to think what year it was then, John. I'm thinking what year was it? Yeah, uh, yeah twenty twenty. He was out of work, and you know we stopped and we loved it. We we're one of those weird families that we just love being together. But I know that I'm you know a bit of a wonky donkey in life and don't go with the average. <laughs> So surely when people are stopping and they're not working and running out the door and going places and meeting up with girlfriends, things like that, it kind of got real in 2020. So have you seen, you know, the 89 to 94% relationships then thinking, this relationship's crap, I'm going. Has there been a relationship breakdown surge as we've had to be quiet and sit with ourselves for longer?
1: There's definitely been, I mean, I know a fair few kind of family law solicitors and divorce solicitors and stuff, and they have been busier than they've ever been um, because people have spent, things have changed so much, and they just recognise the dynamics of their relationship being with each other for 24-7. And it just doesn't work. They've then, you know, they've, they've come to that realisation that their relationship just doesn't function uh, when they're spending too much time together and they're not in the same space so yeah i think it's had a massive impact on the uh, sustainability of relationships and as and as basically slapped people in the face and said now you've got to live with this 24/7 how how's it how what's it like really um, it's been too much Uh, Because, you know, again, it's like when people have kids, and then the kids leave home, and then you're like, well, we've spent the last 20 years or so kind of focusing on the family, what do we actually do together? What kind of things do we have in common? How close are we really? Um, And then that's quite a trigger point as well for separation. Uh, So in, in some aspects it's made it actually better for people. So people have never, haven't had the time to spend as a family, they haven't had time to spend as a couple and they've actually come back together like they were when they were first dating and they always wanted to see each other and they really enjoyed each other's company. So there have been positives to it as well. Uh, I've had a few clients that have spent time away from because they couldn't see certain people, so they've spent time away from difficult relationships, and then that's made them make a decision they don't want to be in that relationship anymore because they realise how much better they've felt on their own. Um, and then I've had other clients who have thought the relationship was a bit of a mess, but have missed the person so much that you know they've really <laughs> wanted to see them again, and it's realised made them realise how much they really care about this person. So I think everybody's different, but I've definitely I think on. The majority of the side of things from the from not necessarily the work that i've done although i have had a fair few people contact me and said look i've spent far too much time in this person's company please help me to manage this or whether i need to be on my own and I and mean, we've had those conversations but especially from the solicitors i've spoken to it's definitely been their busiest time that they've ever experienced when it comes to separations and divorces
0: Yeah, I did wonder if that was the case and I hope it provides reassurance to people who think, you know, God, it was only a few months and I you know my relationship ended, but I think it was a real wake up call for a lot of people. Mm. It's quite interesting what you said about spending more time together, because like I said, I absolutely loved it. You know, we didn't have an income, which was scary, but then it was like one big, long summer holidays and it was really cute. A lot of Play-Doh cooking from scratch and stuff like that. Mm. And I said, my husband and I have been together like 14 years But my non-negotiable, I've got a morning routine I'm very strict about, but my other non-negotiable is that every week we have a date night because we've got four children, a cockapoo, 11 fish, you know, (laughs) both (laughs) run our own companies. But, you know, you just have to connect. Like, why did we fall in love? You know, what made it? And the kids hate that date night, John, because we snog, he'll pinch my bum, you you know, and they have to go to bed early. But it's just one night. you know we're saying early like you know everyone's too busy and we don't sit with ourselves but you can you know schedule in that time can't you for a snog or whatever you want to do
1: of course of course you can if you if it's important enough to you you'll make you'll you'll make the time yeah Uh, and, and there's no there's no reason why you couldn't do that it's just wanting to do it enough
0: yeah yeah no i just love it um I mean, like I'm heading towards my 50s rather than my 40s on the other end. Um, <laughs> and we still have laughter. And that's really key for me that I like the humour and the banter. Yeah. And I think that helps keep us young, along with four kids as well. But
1: yeah.
0: it is the want to make it work. And to us, we often think we're getting it wrong because people say, oh, you have to work hard at your relationships. We're like, crap, we don't really work at it. We just, you know, reconnect well, once a week. That's sure. just to
1: show that, doesn't it? The, the perception this is, all about what we're brought up believing and I, I would again I, I don't I don't agree with that at all it, it, a relationship can be easy it, it can seem like there's no hard work there can it can seem like you don't really have to try uh, because it feels right and you are on the same page and like you like your relationship seems to be it does feel like it's pretty much like you know we don't really need to work hard at this because it just all falls into place and relationships can be like that with the right person it's only when we keep repeating the same difficult patterns in our relationships that they do feel like hard work or whether we haven't really resolved any of the issues that we've got in ourselves that we create hard work as well um, because we don't know how to do an easy, calm, peaceful space. Uh, so therefore, we maybe we're looking for chaos and we're looking for difficulty and we're looking for drama and therefore we create that so therefore our relationships are so difficult Well, it's only because i don't know how to sit with peace that i make the difficulties happen so it's it's not just about meeting the right person it's about being in the right space for yourself it's about understanding that actually if you want a, a loving caring deeply connected happy fun relationship you can have it if you allow it
0: i love that because it seems like everything just comes back to who we are really do you know what I mean like we so often blame someone external to us don't we like well he said that's why I felt wrong and she did that so I'm going to do this and like some people I see it in my friends they had an argument like five years ago and they're like yeah but do you remember that time he said that or do you remember that time he you know text that woman and I'm just like yeah. you either need to work through it <laughs> you know or let it go but people just you know blame sort of gets in the way doesn't it that they sort of keep Replaying the same story in their heads
1: yeah my the first thing my, my coach said to me when I when I had a session with her after um after a separation was what was your role what was your role in this separation what was your role that made this relationship not work and she made me focus on me like you said step away from the blame there's no point to us sort of saying okay what did she do that caused these problems she, the first question was okay have you thought about what your role is in why this relationship didn't work and then we had a conversation about yes i completely understand what my role is and therefore that was really good because then again like your blame is a very negative emotion and it causes a lot of resentment and difficulties if we can step back and say okay what did i do that enabled this to come to this sort of space yeah yeah again i'd realized that i'd realized what my role was and i was able to sort of say to my coach, that's what I did. And that's how I felt. And, you know, I could have maybe done a bit more. But actually, when the push come to show, I don't think what I did or anything that I did would have made a huge difference in the end. And I would have just prolonged um the cycle that we were going through of it's okay for a little while and then it goes back to normal it was okay for a little while and then it goes back to normal and then again I don't think that would have changed anything because they needed change from the other side for that to happen but I recognise what my role was in why this relationship didn't work
0: I think that's really valuable I mean yeah blame it does have really negative sound about it but when they ask what your role is it's almost bringing an awareness that you're accountable aren't you that you know what's your accountable role in this situation and I just think like you know because what we're not changing we're choosing aren't we Mm. so if we're not changing to be better in that relationship we're choosing to have that level of relationship so yeah maybe we should use accountability or your role rather than the blame game
1: yeah definitely definitely it's yeah I like what you said there about choosing
0: yeah Yeah. I think there's choices every day so we kind of you know if you're not choosing to walk away or choosing to hear that person or hear yourself that's what you get isn't it
1: exactly you get you get what you state what you sort of of, again it's again a lot comes down to what your maybe your relationship is with yourself what your relation in all kind of beliefs are do you believe that you deserve any better do you believe you can have any better do you know what even anything better feels like is this your normal i was talking to a client the other day and um, we we're talking about her childhood and I said out of a percentage of sort of zero to 100 how much love affection and attention do you think you got as a child and she said oh, I don't know she said maybe 20 percent and I said in the relationship that you've just finished with I said that um, it's been really toxic and unhealthy what was that she said oh I don't know maybe 25 30 percent I think so you decided to choose something that was just slightly better than what you'd always had And she said, I can see that as a pattern. She said, I've always, because I had 20% as a kid, 30% felt better. But actually, there's still 70% missing. Um, And so therefore, you know, she's doing a lot of work on actually allowing herself to see that actually she wants 70, 80, 90% from someone now. She doesn't want to, if she she's going to start to recognize when all they can offer is 25, 30%. But she's always had relationships which felt better than they did when she was a kid, but they've still been a lot of stuff that she never, she would never get from that relationship because she'd settled for something compared to what she had when she was a child. So it's about getting okay, what do I want, I want to feel 80% 90% from this person I want you know, because they're never going to really give us 100% because they need to keep some stuff for themselves. But I want to feel like this, this relationship is at least in the high 80s and low 90s for me to feel happy and fulfilled. And that's what I deserve. And that's what I'm going to allow. Um, and then I'm not going to take anything less anymore.
0: I had goosebumps then. Because I was just thinking, wow, like a really simple tool or two questions. So like, what was your percentage in your childhood? It's like 20%. What was the percentage in the relationship? And it was like 25, 30 because it's better than what she's known yeah and to yeah. me i was thinking 25 five that's crap yeah, but, it's totally crap, right? <laughs> but then i totally get how that would feel it's still better than she'd known mm. so this got me all feisty inside john because i'm now thinking <laughs> i'm really passionate about self-love you know self-worth care all that mm. stuff because i just think we have to love ourselves and how we love ourselves which i highly suggest you do it to a high standard when we love ourselves that sets the bar for any other relationship we accept
1: yeah
0: but her bar is like 25 percent. that's not even average is it that's uh, not even halfway
1: you know what i would say i think that is probably average but it's not even
0: halfway.
1: i speak yeah I, i think a lot of people that struggle with their relationships obviously the people that have healthy relationships as they grow up that's a completely different story and also we just need to think it's about perception as well So it's not actually the truth sometimes that you only got 20 percent as a kid but if that's how you feel that's how you're going to relate to your next relationships so you might have had lots of love and affection as a child but if it did only feel to you like there yeah if you felt like there was a lot missing then just a small percentage increase on that how it feels is going to make you think oh well this at least this is better than you know, this is good, actually, because I have never received this before. But it's only after being in that relationship a while you think actually, there's still a hell of a lot missing here. Um, and I now make a decision that I want more, I want a lot more. And I deserve a lot more. Like you said, working on that self love working on that self acceptance, working on self worth and what you want for your life. And if 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 it's not enough for you, it's okay for you to make a decision to say, actually, this is not enough can that person then I'm with if again if you can get them to come together with you in order to change that then that's a great thing to do but if not then it's about you deciding that maybe this relationship isn't the right one for you and it's it's okay for you to move on
0: now I was going to say something profound but all I'm going to say is no gobsmacks not a nice word I know my mum listens to the podcast I bet it's not a say that I've just said it though haven't I but um <laughs> I'm 47 and in 47 years of trying to work out relationships in this interview, John, you've just nailed it for me Mm because I look at people with my high self-love, self-worth, self-esteem, everything else, Mm -hmm. basically high standards. And I think, why would you tolerate that? Why are you putting up with that? Mm -hmm. And after 47 years, you've put it really clear because I'm a simple soul that because that's how they're brought up so if someone had 10% 50% and they're in a okay relationship to them it must feel as to say we're not saying it is but to mm. them speaking their truth it feels better than they've ever known because yeah. from the outside looking in i'm sort of like why would you stay there why are you still there you know because obviously mm. i'm comparing it to my childhood or my husband
1: yeah
0: but after 47 years i've suddenly just gone yes john it's because <laughs> we're only allowing ourselves you know to love as we've known, maybe a little bit extra.
1: Yeah, it's just that a little bit extra that makes us feel that this is better. And then for this, what this is what most relationships must be like real relationships because I never felt this before, it must be great. Um, but then again, we don't realize probably until a little bit further down the line, and actually, it's not great, it's just a little bit better than what we're used to. Um, I remember when I had my first relationship when I left home, I thought it was the best thing sling, sliced bread. Because she was actually showing me love and affection, but she was obsessed. It wasn't healthy. She was uh, very, uh, had a lot of issues of her own and very chaotic, very toxic um, space I was in. But when I first met, her, I was only 19 when I met her. And um, because I hadn't felt that much love as a child, when I got that, I thought, wow, this is amazing. But then after being in that relationship for a little while, I thought, This is very destructive. (laughs) Um, this isn't really love, but it but everything else, it was again, I'd make for instance, say 20% as a kid, I was getting from her what felt like 100 percent at the start, but actually because it was obsessively and excessive and toxic, it wasn't. It was all about her needs. So I actually wasn't really getting any love at all. It was all about the love she was trying to get from me um so therefore when I realized she was actually not giving me very much at all she was probably giving me maybe 20 percent still 30 percent maybe a little bit more so it was still a bit more than I felt like I might have got as a kid but it was completely not what I thought it was at the start um so again it's just about recognizing Mm. that it was never really about her giving me love it was about how much love she could get from me um but obsessed over me at the start which made me feel very special wanted needed cared for and everything else that I never had before
0: I just find it fascinating I think we should come on every few months and just update the world about relationships (laughs) 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 like little quarterly show the John and Shelley show I just love it I just you just blow me away with your knowledge your honesty and as I said at the start I didn't come on to say like, you know, your marriage or breakdown is a positive change (laughs) because I know that sounds slightly oxymoron, but I think there's absolute power in the work you do. And when you've had that wake up call yourself saying, hang on, I've written a book about it. I'm the relationship guy, but my relationship's not working. I just thought people Mm -hmm. need to know. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So for people listening today, including my mum, sorry that I said the word (laughs) GOB, for people listening today, and they've got that niggle they're sitting there maybe looking at their other half thinking not keen love what would be the one positive change they could do today
1: um i would suggest that they if there are issues in the relationship if it's a long-term relationship and you actually really want it to work then you address the things that are not working for you in the relationship first with the person that you're with um if that's something you've tried before. And they haven't come over to your side at all to help you to have the healthy relationship and to meet some more of the needs that you want. And Actually, are you doing that for them as well? And it does the things that you do come from my I, I want to space, rather than I have to space or I should space. Um, but I think like you said earlier, it's about reflecting on yourself. First is to really work out your own idea about who you are why you've chosen to be in the relationship you're in or why you're single you know the people that i work with mostly are single people that are looking to find relationships because they've never found a successful relationship before um, so it's actually why am i in this space what are my own relational patterns what are my own relational beliefs how do i feel about myself what do i allow in my relationships what do i allow for myself um, and then once you've got that honed down you can then uh see um what it is that you actually really want and then whether that's possible to get from the space that you're in right now and if not what changes do you need to make to make that happen
0: I think that's fabulous I say there's got to be so many people out there I know the family lawyer's been busy I think you're going to be inundated now so we put your contact details in the show notes but as always John Kenny an absolute pleasure thank you so much for joining us today
1: no you're very welcome thank you for having me again and congratulations on your success
0: Thank you for being part of it, lovely. (laughs) If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from shellyfknight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelly F. Knight, Life Goes On. As always, I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing.